Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing Unscripted podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to talk all about self-diagnosis, especially um, my own. If you don't know, if you don't follow me on Instagram, which you totally should, check me out at Healing Unscripted. Um, if you don't follow me on there, you may not know that I have recently self-diagnosed myself with autism. So today, I just want to guide you through what that self-diagnosis process has been like for me, um, why I suspected autism in the first place, and why I am right now, at least, sticking with self-diagnosis instead of seeking a professional diagnosis. Hi there, everybody. I just want to take a minute to interrupt this podcast episode to tell you all about my program, Neurodivergent Magic. Get shit done in 24 hours or less. Executive dysfunction is one of the number one problems for neurodivergent folks. And if you don't know, executive dysfunction is basically when you really want to do something, you are trying to do something and you just can't get yourself to do it. This is one of the biggest issues amongst neurodivergent people. And I have learned so much on how to cope with it that I want to pass it on to you. In this nine-week group coaching program, we will cover both the emotional side of executive dysfunction and the practical side. So you will learn practical tools for how to cope with it, but you'll also tackle the emotional blocks that make executive dysfunction come back over and over again. If this program sounds right for you, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. I would absolutely love to see you in Neurodivergent Magic. Okay, let's get started with what the self-diagnosis process looked like for me. I first suspected that I might be autistic a couple of years ago, but I honestly didn't do much research into it. It was just sort of a passing thought like, hey, autism is something I haven't considered before, and there's definitely something going on with my brain. Like, could this potentially be it? Um, But at that point in time, I had such a narrow view of what autism was, what autism looked like. Um, For instance, it was a man and they were very interested in numbers and none of that, you know, describes me as a woman who, you know, has her master's in poetry. So (laughs) I thought that my thinking was too metaphorical. My empathy was too high. I just I had a really narrow viewpoint of what autism was. And so I dismissed the thought fairly quickly. Then enter TikTok. I've been on TikTok, follow me at Meg Moxie, for about a year now, and I've been consistently creating mental health content. And so on my For You page, I tend to receive a lot of mental health content. And in the last six months or so, I have started getting a lot of autism content, and it blew my mind. It completely opened my eyes to what autism could really look like in the real world, in women, in people of color, in, you know not the stereotypical demographic that is often studied when it comes to autism. And it was through these autistic TikTok creators, I realized that this describes me really, really well. So for a little background, if you don't know me, I am very obsessive about diagnoses. I have thought that I have had just about everything in the DSM at some point in my life. (laughs) So 
when I started relating to all of this autism content, I was very, very nervous. I didn't want to just jump on another diagnosis bandwagon. I didn't want to just get obsessed again. But part of me even realized that just the fact that I tend to get obsessed with diagnoses may actually be a trait of my autism. Autistic folks often have these things called special interests, which is a deep, profound interest that connects to your sense of self and is consistent over time. So for me, this special interest would absolutely be psychology. I have been fascinated by psychology as long as I can remember. I took personality quizzes all day, every day when I was in elementary school. I wanted to be a psychologist when I was in high school. I minored in psychology in college, and I have been obsessed with diagnoses from the minute that I realized my brain was not quite average. So really, the fact that I was starting to get obsessed with autism and the idea of potentially being autistic actually supported the idea that I might be autistic. And so instead of doing what I usually do when I get obsessed with a diagnosis, which is reach out to everyone around me and say, do you think I have this? Do you think I have this? Um, I did it with one or two people, (laughs) I will admit, but I, I didn't reach out to my whole community of people and say like, you know, ask for their validation and ask them to prove that I am autistic when really that's something I have to figure out for myself. So what I did is I went to embrace-autism.com. So that's E-M-B-R-A-C-E and then the little dash symbol, A-U-T-I-S-M.com. Um, And they have a huge variety of autism screeners, autism assessments, um, assessments that are related to autism. They even have one all about uh, camouflaging your autistic traits, which is something a lot of uh, people assigned female at birth and people of color tend to do. So I went to this site. I printed out every single assessment on there, I think. I think almost every single assessment. And I took them all over the span of like two or three days. I took all of these assessments. And basically every single test came back with my score being higher than average, but not necessarily through the roof. Um, So my scores indicated what used to be known as Asperger's and now would just be considered a different presentation of autism. So I was like, okay, I am autistic, maybe. And that felt very good and very weird. I will be totally candid with you. I think there's a part of me that still is really holding on to that stereotype of autism, the very unfeeling, very mathematical, very um, non-expressive, which is a totally valid presentation of autism, by the way. It's just not mine. And I think there's a part of me that still doesn't see the way I present in the world as autistic, even though I consistently meet the criteria according to all of these tests. So I will admit it does feel a little strange, but at the same time, there's a part of me where it feels so right. This feels like an excellent explanation for my behavior as a child. Um, It feels like an excellent explanation for my feelings as an adult. And just generally, there's something about this label that feels incredibly accurate. But oh ho ho, I did not stop at taking all the tests. No, no. (laughs) I have built out an entire autism diagnosis binder. So I have one section for all of the tests that I took. And then the next section I have is for traits and symptoms. And this is a spreadsheet I created in Excel or in uh, Google Spreadsheets, I think. Um, 
where I track the trait or symptom of autism, um, how I currently cope with it, how I've coped with it in the past, and how often or frequently or how long I have experienced it. So I have this whole spreadsheet, which I've also printed out and put in the binder. And then on top of that, I also have collected a wide variety of uh, studies all about autism. So studies relating anorexia with autism, studies about autism and gender, studies about the path to diagnosis for women, um, all kinds of studies that, you know, relate to being autistic and being diagnosed autistic. Then based on these tests, these studies, this spreadsheet of traits and symptoms, I concluded that it really makes a lot of sense for me to be autistic. And I can tell you a little bit about the traits that I noticed in myself. For instance, my tendency to go nonverbal when I'm incredibly upset. Um, I never recognized that as an autism thing. I always just thought of it as a super weird me thing. Um, And it turns out that that is actually very closely related to autism. Um, There's the fact that I have always had trouble making eye contact. My one college professor thought that I had a cold for four years because my eyes consistently watered when I tried to look him in the eye. Um, there's also the fact that I have incredibly high empathy and I'm highly sensitive to the emotions of others, which is not like a typical, um, trait of autism that you would see in the stereotypical version, but autism has many presentations and more and more we are finding that people who identify as highly sensitive people, um, actually have autism. And that is a personal belief based on research and based on what the autistic community has told me. I've seen so many TikToks from autistic creators saying that the requirements to be a highly sensitive person are more or less the exact same requirements to be identified as autistic. So those are the reasons that I personally have decided to self-diagnose with autism. So why am I choosing to stick with self-diagnosis instead of seeking professional diagnosis? Well, personally for me, um, I am in therapy and have been for a while, love my therapist, but she wants me to do some trauma work before we can start worrying about diagnosing any form of neurodivergence, whether that's ADHD, autism, etc. And we can't start trauma work because my self-care is not strong enough yet. (laughs) So for me, it's a long process to get professionally diagnosed. I have to work on my self-care. I have to do trauma work. I have to get through all this. It's probably going to be at least another year before my current therapist will even consider diagnosing me. And at that point, I will probably seek professional diagnosis. But that doesn't have to be the case. Not everybody has to seek professional diagnosis, even if they have access to it. A lot of uh, professionals have very outdated information about autism, and you may go to them to try to get a diagnosis. And I've heard so many horror stories of professionals saying, well, I'm pretty sure you have autism, but I'm not going to diagnose you with it because there's too much stigma. Or, well, you meet most of the criteria for autism, but you've actually been making really good eye contact with me throughout this appointment, so I can't diagnose you. Just really like to put it frankly, bullshit things, right? And so I completely understand people's fear and not wanting to get diagnosed or to attempt to get diagnosed only to be invalidated and gaslighted and treated so poorly. The reason I will probably seek professional diagnosis when the time comes is because I really trust my therapist and my therapist is, um, 
in charge of assessments and whatnot. So she would be the one assessing me. And I just have a lot of faith in her not to belittle me in the way that I have seen so many people belittled through trying to get a professional diagnosis. So if you decide that you have decided to self-diagnose with autism or ADHD or another form of neurodivergence, and you are not interested in seeking professional diagnosis, I want you to know that you are perfectly welcome here, and I do understand. If you're interested in self-diagnosing, but you would like to use the resources that I've mentioned in this episode, you can actually get the ADHD and or the autism diagnosis binder with the tests and evaluations already put together in one spot for you, the spreadsheet already ready-made, and lots of studies found and compiled along with their abstracts so you can get a sense of whether or not you want to take the time to read the whole paper. Um, you can find all of that at my shop, which will be, will be available at the in the description. Uh, but you can go to healingunscripted.com shop to find those things. And if you'd like both binders, you can get them both and use code comorbid at checkout to get $50 off. Finally, I just want to thank you so much for listening. This journey has been really emotional for me, really stressful, but it's also been really powerful. And I'm just really desperate to share it with people because I think there are so many people in my shoes, so many people wondering if this might be the thing that explains so much of their life. And I want to encourage you to explore that because even if the answer is no, then all you've done is gotten closer to the answer because you've crossed out something that isn't right. So I encourage you to explore. I think you're harming no one by exploring your diagnosis and your own brain. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next time. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.